is MPN. Welcome to MPN. It's Friday, March 25th, and apparently it's time to start talking about summer movies. <laughs> Even as some kids in Los Angeles are starting their spring break. Um, we're talking today about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, we being myself, Ryan McCarran. Hello. And across the way, the lovely Casey McCarran. How are you, Casey? I'm good. How are you? Just to give you an idea. I'm doing well, by the way. Okay. Just to give you an idea of what to sort of expect from this podcast as a listener, first and foremost, as most of our podcasts are, they're spoiler episodes. Okay? So if you haven't seen the film or you're wanting to see it, pause the show see it, go out, download it, have someone send you a message in a bottle with the plot of the film or something, then come back and listen to it. Okay? We'll be here. Everybody back? Okay, you're back. All right, good. I'm sorry I sent you to that movie sight and scene. I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) My apologies. Which leads me to the second point of what to expect. When we do these shows, um, Casey and I like to see the films twice. Like, we'll see it once to kind of take it in and then again to take a little bit more detailed notes so that we can remember things and call things up. We saw this movie last night and just decided we couldn't see it again. Like, we just could not, like, physically sit through the, the two and a half hours that this movie is. So all that said, what were your expectations going into this movie? They weren't that high. I wasn't really expecting a lot. I expected to like Jesse Eisenberg. um, And I was excited for Gal Gadot to have um, a role in a a really big movie, even though she's in the Fast and Furious franchise. But I was excited for her with that. Um, And I guess I was expecting it to look good. Even though I didn't think I would like it in the end, I expected it to look really great. Because Zack Snyder's movies... While you may, you know, like them or not like them, I feel like it's hard to argue that he doesn't make a beautiful film, a pretty film, mm-hmm. something that's visually interesting. So those Ooh. are my expectations. One out of three ain't bad, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I would agree. Oh, you're still thinking about it? No, yeah. I, yeah I, we, the, we, I'd go with the middle one. I was happy yeah. for Gal Gadot. I, I feel the same way. I feel like... You see, and it all sort of stems from Man of Steel, I think, which amazing trailers, super huge letdown, just in terms of content, really, and all all, all across the board. Um, I I I kind of think that this movie was actually even worse than Man of Steel. I hadn't really even thought about that, like how they compare, because technically it is a straight sequel. It's supposed to be a straight sequel to Man of Steel. They didn't give Superman his own movie sequel. They just had to throw Batman in to it, which is odd. But and give him top billing, but whatever. Well, whatever. It just yeah. You know, we we. I, I was asking this question to everyone that we were with, like, what are you expecting from this movie? Because I was so curious. Because there were some people, a lot of people, at least in our theater, or people around the theater coming up to it, that were really excited, like super excited. We were really for surprised because in a group of six, all of us were kind of like, "This is not going to be that great, but we're going to watch it." But people in the theater cheered before it started. They cheered when the cameos happened. They applauded at the end. They, you know, applauded when mm-hmm. different things would happen. When you know, Batman would hit Superman, or Superman would hit Batman. Like they were really into it. People were really excited, and I, I was surprised. But we were also in a, you know, a big theater. It's the first night that you get to see it, yeah. so I feel like people that are really, you know, that are really making an effort to go out 
and see it on a Thursday are going to mm. be there. But I, I was surprised. Yeah. Um, because holy lord, this movie is long. It is a two and a half hour movie that s- plays kind of more like a four hour movie rather than like a Quentin Tarantino kind of. This is this this is a zippy two and a half hours. No, it, it you feel its length, and I think that that is right off the bat the hallmark of a not great made movie because you even checked your phone at one time just to see just as curiosity like how much time had passed and you came up and i was like what happened and you were like oh i was just checking to see how much time has passed and i go i don't think i want to know and you're like no you don't how how, how much time had actually passed an hour oh my god like with it had been an hour yeah um yeah, so there was an hour and a half still to go. Oh, my gosh. And then I checked it again um, when, like, after the Batman-Superman fight, when Batman goes to save Martha, because I thought it was the first action sequence that I thought was good mm-hmm. in the movie that I enjoyed, and that was two hours into a two-and-a-half-hour two movie. movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's just start at the beginning, I think. We're not going to go through blow by blow the entire two and a half hours because that's just unfair. But the beginning, as I kind of felt with Man of Steel, I actually kind of liked the beginning of this movie. The the I, I, Well, after the first credit sequence, basically, which is the Batman origin story. Which, can, we, can I talk about that go for ahead, a second? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so like at the beginning... Um, I'd like to say that uh, we have not read the, the comic books. Um, so we're going to be speaking about this movie purely as a movie. And I do think that a movie should stand on its own. I shouldn't have to read a book or a comic book or anything like that to understand what's going on. It should be a complete piece. Um, and I think that if you do, you know, have like read a book or something like that, I do think that you will get more out of it, you know, because you have a backstory, you may have more understanding and stuff. But I should be able to watch a movie and not be confused just because I haven't read something that comes before it. I think it should be complete. Having said that, I am really tired of origin stories. and uh, But not just origin stories in general. Origin <laughs> stories for characters that we've seen origin stories for a million times. And you could probably go up to seven or eight people out of 10 people and they would know like seven or eight people would know the origin story of either Batman or Superman or both oh my gosh okay if I have to watch Peter Parker's Uncle Ben die one more time like I'm gonna freak out I'll probably just leave get a drink check my Nekotsumi cat game and then I will come back later when it's just over after he's died it is not fun no I I completely get why in the the story that is important because that shapes him like I, Mm -hmm. I get it but I'm tired of seeing it at the same time that I'm tired of seeing it, I understand that for some little boy or girl out there, this will be the first time he ever sees Batman. You understand that this will be their introductory movie to Batman, and if you don't have that opening credit sequence where his parents die, you would be really lost as a viewer. So even though I'm tired of seeing the story to have a complete film and to show it, and especially because of the callback to Martha and the mother's names, Mm -hmm. And because, like, because you need that, 
all right, fine. I'm glad that at least it's over quickly. It's very succinct. It's like five minutes. You're going to get Batman's origin story out of the way at the very beginning, and then we can just move on. So I'm willing to accept it in that, all right, you want to have it in there to be able to tell this full story. Because okay. This, this, in Man of Steel, it was they went into it in a lot more depth. It was like a 30-minute sequence of like them it was a full on story. Krypton. Like because you rarely see in the other films you haven't these you haven't had these long extended periods on Krypton with Emperor Zod with you know Jor-El and all this stuff like you you just didn't see that before and so I thought that was kind of neat in Man of Steel that they did that I thought it went on a little bit too long because then it starts to get into pieces where it's like yep I know this beat I know this is the way this goes and going back to your point about the kids I don't know see why we should have to suffer for the failings of parents <laughs> frankly why are they making this the first Batman movie? Don't do that. They could be of a certain age now. That's just how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Right. No, you're right. So that's just yeah. that's just you know. We're just blessed to live in a in a in a good Batman time, a good Batman era. And I think that's also the thing is like you're also going to speed through it because it had been longer since Superman was told. Mm-hmm. But we even have Christopher Nolan as a producer who recently made three Batman yeah. films. So, you know, it's like, all right, you want to do that, and you are going to introduce. So I, I, I'm fine with it that you kept it short, but I understand, like, to tell the story, I understand that. So I, yeah. So from that point, then, we transition to the first scene of the movie, which is actually sort of a, a dovetail from the ending of Man of Steel. And even from seeing, when we first saw the footage at Comic-Con, um, that was kind of one thing that I pointed out, was that they were showing footage because so much was made in man of steel about all the destruction and Mm -hmm. i mean rightfully so it was a ridiculous movie about 30 minutes too long about 30 minutes too long and it destroyed about three billion dollars too much of property that's what i mean it's about 30 minutes too much of just like building destruction it's amazing so rather than gloss over that and start with this plot they actually used the destruction of Metropolis as a storytelling device, as in we first meet Bruce Wayne and he's coming into the end of this mass hysteria and mayhem, and it's affecting him because he has people in one of the buildings that was destroyed that he cared about, that he loved, that he Jack. worked with. Yeah. And so that then starts the story off, as in like he's going to have some animosity towards this character and in a way represents a segment of the population which is a big part of this movie like what is superman is he somebody who's sent here to help us or is he a menace an alien destructive what thing? do you what do you do with that because what would you do with you know i mean the, yeah how do you yeah because you, you have to weigh both sides of you it you can't control him he's trying to do good but he's it's also causing harm at the yeah. same time so i actually like that i thought that, I thought that, that was, was a great idea very good idea yeah and that was something that I, like I said, at Comic Con, it was like, oh wow, is it possible that I had this all wrong? No, it wasn't. But the fact that they even decided to address that as an issue, I thought was really bold because they could have just been like, no, you know what, fuck you, we're not actually dealing with that in that in that old movie. We don't care what you thought. But no, they took time because that was a major criticism that it was just destruction porn for the last forty five minutes. And you're like, this is completely unrealistic how this city was destroyed. So. Yes, and I think that they dealt with that in several ways. So that was one way that I thought was a great idea for a way to do it. 
Another way is they, I feel like, really forced in the fact that, like, oh, there aren't casualties. The island is empty. Oh, everybody's gone home from work. And so they feel like they can still destroy things, but since they have specifically stated that nobody's there, then it's okay. But I felt like the destruction in the first one, it's like, it's not just that there's so many casualties. It's that I don't want to keep seeing it. Like, it's just, it's too much of the same thing. I don't care. And they end up doing the same thing they end up destroying buildings they just make a like a a big point about the fact that it's empty which also seems weird to me because it's like it's nighttime los angeles just everybody leaves the town like we could just you could just destroy anything like it's not vinci like people people just don't go home at night people are still there i feel like unless i'm just misunderstanding how that works no i think you got it I, i don't think they got it though all right and then the other thing is that it was a big part of Batman's motivation was that Superman did this. And in the end, Batman ends up doing the exact mm-hmm. same thing. He lures Doomsday back to the city. And even before that, before they destroy all that, he's fighting Superman. He has him tied to like his grappling gun or whatever and is like swinging him through pillars of a building. Like he's just... It's the exact same thing. It was He's an doing old building. It was thing. scheduled for okay. destruction right. already. It was already. It was like next on the city's list, and they actually he actually did them a favor. Okay, they were going to take care of it, and he and he was able to do it anyway. I mean, I I don't have a solution for, a, I guess, how else you would deal with fighting Superman since he is so strong. I guess you're just kind of using something that is much stronger, which would be like a building. Like you're mm-hmm. using it. I I get it. It's just odd to make such a point of it, and then kind of fall back on the same Superman, thing. I would probably be on the opposite side of Superman and I would be against Superman not because I think he's like a false god or I think he's here to save us. It's just that if I lived in Metropolis and they had to rebuild the entire city because of what we did, what he did, he's not paying for that. We're going to have to pay for that infrastructure that's now been crumbled. So uh, my taxes are going to get raised and I don't like that. I don't like having to take money out of my pocket because of what Superman did. But what about, like, when your dog accidentally gets out of the building and he goes and, like, brings Turo back? Well, I mean, thanks. Okay, all right. That's your damn job. Well, I mean, that's... It's not your job to destroy buildings. It's a good and bad. He's saving lives, but it's also causing problems. And that's, like, the thing, you know, that's, you know... That's Turo just would what never is. run out of that's, the building. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's another whole issue of it. And, mm-hmm. like, that's a that's a good point that's made... Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk about the characters before we got to the plot, but that's a whole thing with the plot that I find really odd. Um, I guess it depends on how you want to do it. Do you want to talk about characters or do you want to jump into the plot? Well, we can talk about characters. All right. Who I'll specifically co- would you to like that. to talk about? Okay. I'm going to start with uh, Jesse Eisenberg because I'd heard that he auditioned for a role in the film. And then he he wouldn't say who it was, but he didn't think that he could play that role. And he ended up getting offered the part of Lex Luthor. Um, In the opening of the film, uh, Lois Lane is with another person in, you know, North Africa or whatever. And they're going to do an interview. And um, they're going through their stuff to make sure that they don't have anything with them. And so he's, like, pulling film out of a camera which who's bringing like a henchman no you assumed it was like a like another person that was with her oh okay. oh you mean the person who's pulling the, yeah, the film out of the yeah, camera yeah 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 um there's like a character there's a person there and they're basically patting down 
the people that are with Lois Lane to be like, hey, hope you didn't bring any weapons to meet this terrorist. You yeah. can murder him. So yeah. he's like pulling an actual film out of a camera, which I think is so dumb. Weird. Because like, how often are you doing that now? It's like, we can't even get film developed here. We have to send it to another state to get film developed. Like, he'd be using a digital camera. But they find a tracker, you know, like, that's fine. Um, and then they just, they kill him. They kill the guy that, that's As the tracker. Him. Yes. So if you look in the credits of the film, he is Jimmy Olsen. Oh. They kill Jimmy Olsen. Jesse Eisenberg, the cameo he was offered was to play Jimmy Olsen. The idea that they would cast a big star to play that character thinking, oh, Jesse Eisenberg's going to be Jimmy Olsen in this movie. And then they kill him right away. Wow. Which I thought sounds like a great idea. And then they ended up, you know, not going with it. I don't know if it's purely just because he didn't think he could play it. And then he got offered the role of Lex Luthor, which would be a much bigger part. But I thought that was such an interesting yeah. idea. Because that seems like that would draw him in in the first place. Jesse Eisenberg, I don't feel like, goes, oh, they're making a Batman Superman movie. I need to go out for Lex Luthor. That just doesn't seem like a role that would appeal to him. But the role of, like, messing with people and making it, Jimmy Olsen and getting murdered in the first five minutes would be like, that sounds like something that Jesse Eisenberg would do. Um, but that's really interesting. I didn't actually know that. It is. That's so really I, cool. Yeah, I, but like, unfortunately... But it sucks they killed Jimmy Olsen. Well, also, they never mention it. So it's like anything. It's like a random thing in there, so you have to look at the credits to see it. Whereas if they... Was he in the first one? Was it the same actor as in the first one? I don't remember. I don't remember. think he's in that. No, he's, he's from the OC. Um, no, no, no. Okay, all right. The guy who plays Jimmy Olsen oh, in this I know. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... I just wish that they addressed it because it would be much more interesting if you knew that he was Jimmy Olsen and then he was going to die. But I guess Zack Snyder is hoping to do a, a, like a, an R-rated version. And there's an extended scene where he actually says that he is Jimmy Olsen mm. before he dies. So we may have to watch the extended version of this. But, um, yeah, God, I thought that, that no. was so interesting. I don't have four hours to waste away okay. with this. It's probably more like three and a half. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that I thought was really interesting. That is really interesting. But moving on to the... But Jesse Eisenberg, let me quickly jump in about okay. that, is that we're talking about the expectations, and we had said from the first trailer that he is somebody that we're going to be looking forward to the, seeing the most, in that we understand that we have low expectations for this movie, but Jesse Eisenberg is cool, and he's done cool stuff, and we like him a lot. He's probably we. I think the actual words are like, "We're gonna walk out of that movie thing thinking, yeah, well, Jesse Eisenberg was good. Like that's exactly what we would have thought. Yeah. So that kind of is baked in with what we expected from the movie, um, and uh, not so. I would say we did not say that, and in fact, it was kind of close to the opposite, really. And you know, not really his fault, but no, I don't. I don't blame any of the actors. For this, I think that they were doing their best with what they had. I don't think any of it, you know, was... Yeah, they were, they, I mean, why would you turn, you would never turn down a movie like this, but they definitely gave it their all. They worked hard. It seemed like they were, they enjoyed it. I mean, it didn't look, it didn't translate that they were enjoying themselves because literally nobody smiles in this movie. No, there was no smiles. that's the thing. It's like everybody is just, they're not having fun. No. Then I don't, like, I feel like they're not, none of them are well-rounded characters. Like, what I was thinking is, okay, take away everything that you know of Batman and Superman and Lex Luthor and Wonder Woman. Like, take away everything that you know before this movie existed and do the Star Wars prequels test <laughs> with these characters and tell me about them. Because well, there's not a lot to go on. And the thing is that Batman and Superman are the same. 
because you would do the same things. You'd be like, well, they're both pretty brooding. They both glower a lot. They are like sad all the time. Um, yeah, and that's not how it is. Batman is supposed to have all that darkness, and Superman is supposed to be this opposite beacon of, of shining light and you know bright colors and everything like that. But yeah, you just you can't do it. It doesn't do a very good job. Well, I just like that. That's kind of it. That there just isn't much to them and I think that if you don't already have an idea or you don't already like Batman or Superman like if this was the only movie that existed it wouldn't make you like them you wouldn't be like I need to see another movie with these characters they're so interesting like they they just didn't they didn't do that and I feel like they were good ideas with certain things but only some things and it kind of like didn't come through very well so Charles Roman one of the producers he wanted the characters to have relatable attribu- attributes and faults. I don't feel like they have any of that. I don't feel like the characters are relatable in any way because they're so flat, because there's nothing to them, and I can't really relate to their problems. The like extras, like general, the, the general public, you could relate to that, but the actual main characters, I feel like you cannot no. relate to an alien or a couple of billionaires and like someone that wants to take over the world or, or Amy Adams' character that really bothers me. Like Lois Lane in this really bothers me <laughs> because she's supposed to be a strong reporter. Like the character of Lois Lane, she's a strong reporter. She's not a strong reporter in this movie. She, a strong woman who's also a re- reporter, Yes, basically. but yeah, I feel yeah. like she, it's it's strong in that, like, I'm strong. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not. She, yeah. She's not. She goes to do this interview, and she doesn't actually know what's happening. Like, the CIA agent has come in. It's like, she didn't know. It's like, well, no, she just would have died. She would have died. But Superman saves her. And later on, it's My like, hero. she's helping, but in no way. It's like, well, she's getting rid of the kryptonite spear. She's going to throw it in the water for no reason than to later want to get it out and just end up almost killing herself. Why not just break it? Why not just bash the spear into Why the Why is ground? she doing Why something even, with it anyway? You know, yeah. Like, she doesn't know about kryptonite. How do you dispose of that? What do you know about what, kryptonite, What woman? is this thing? Like, she doesn't know. She's They're just making her do stuff, and it doesn't really make any sense, and it doesn't make her a likable character. She's just there to be saved. Like, she's just there to As create a another device. problem. Yeah, and yeah. that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, because Amy, Amy Adams, I, I see her as portraying these strong female characters in the past, these very well-rounded, and maybe she's brought a lot to those roles that maybe she just didn't want to or wasn't allowed to bring to this role because maybe there isn't much for her to work with. I feel she like it's is, just what they gave her. She yeah, had more to do in the first one. Yeah. Like in the first one, I and feel like... She still didn't really have much to do in the first one, too, but she definitely is a very, very ancillary character in this movie. And it's kind of, I think it's just kind of difficult because you have these two titans, these two, you know, supposedly big personalities, and you have to have time for them. And so, I mean, kind of all the side characters just kind of just sort of get pushed to the side, really. There isn't really much for them to react. I mean, there's a lot for them to react to, but there isn't really a lot for them to do they're, they aren't being active they're just being reactive to everything which right. is annoying i guess i'd still yeah that's the thing is i want them to be active i get that you are introducing other people that like okay batman's gonna come in so that's gonna take up a lot more time than man of steel you know than you would have had but you could still give them a few scenes but have those scenes be important she didn't have any important scenes i can't think of one where it was like 
it's important that she was here and that this stood out. And they tried to, like, build their relationship in, like, the scene in the beginning where it's like, oh, they're in love and he gets into the bathtub. There's no other scene like that in the movie with their relationship. The rest of them are very much like, we're in love. I'm going to touch your face. You're going to leave. At, like, the, at the most random of moments and sort of the most inopportune of moments, you're, we're, we're going to do that. As in, I'm about to go and potentially kill this giant behemoth man created by <laughs> Lex Luthor. But I have to tell you that I love you first. Yeah, we have to have like a moment. And it's yeah. like, do they really seem like they're a couple? Yeah. What do they do when they're not? Because I feel like that bathtub scene does not seem right. But I also don't know what they talk about or what they're doing. I can't even when remember. These, like, just, I just mean it's like a couple. Like, it's, these two people don't seem like they would be in a relationship. No. Going back to Lex Luthor, I think Jesse Eisenberg, we learned last night from a friend of ours that he mirrored his performance after Max Landis. He is sort of petulant and annoying, uh, Lex Luthor that is. But I think kind of going back to what we were talking about with the acting and it not being their fault, he's trying He's really given it his all. He's trying to make the character his own. But in the end, I cannot tell you what his master plan is. He tries to manipulate mani- uh, manipulate Superman into fighting Batman, which is sort of how these two, you know, gargantuan titans or whatever, gladiator battles, the biggest gladiator battle in the world. Um, he's the one who kind of orchestrates that. But it kind of seems like it's for the weirdest, most childish reasons. Like, Batman, a, a, a main part of this film is that more kryptonite has been found. So more shards of the planet Krypton have been found on Earth. And Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, is trying to get this giant clump of kryptonite into the country. So he's trying to do it through political channels. He's trying to do it through on-the-level channels. And um, it doesn't end up working. He has to resort to getting in on the black market. Ben Affleck, as Batman, finds out about this and goes and steals it from Lex Luthor's company. And that's it. It's like, you stole my kryptonite, so I'm going to sick Superman, who I've now manipulated into doing whatever I want because I've captured his mother and he's going to do whatever I want now. Mm. And that's how it goes. And there's no, like we're really upset with one another and we need to go and do this. It's like Superman literally comes into the main fight, the big fight that you're looking forward to. It is like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to be here right now. I'm kind of, uh, I got this other shit I got to do. Can we just kind of wrap this up a little bit? And, and it's just, it's just very strange that that's how they would set this up. That And Lex Luthor, he's this supposedly megalomaniacal, brilliant, billionaire whatever you know and i just i don't understand what his big master plan is and he's such a great character in other films and in the comics it just makes no sense that they would just make his plan his his plan so vague it is weird and i do think at the beginning you know it's that he has the same concerns as a lot of people would that this guy is so powerful and should he be so powerful and you should have some sort of plan like just in case and I Which is like, how he sells it, is like, yeah. hey, Congress people, I need to, or senators, I should say, yeah. I need to get this into the country because, you know what, that's fine if you want to have this alien guy running around, but we should have a way to stop him, and this is, I think, the way to do it. Which I think was a good, like, a good plan. It's, it's understandable. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. You cannot beat Superman, so you want to have something that could possibly do some yeah. damage. So I, I get that, and they push that at the beginning, and then it just seems like 
Batman steals it, and then everything falls apart. And so, yeah, you don't know. I don't know if it's just that he wants revenge on Batman. So, like, if Batman dies, that's great because I'm going to get him back for stealing the kryptonite. And if somehow Superman dies, then you don't have to deal with this god. But he doesn't really say that. And then he, like, goes onto the ship and he's, like, creating doomsday. And he doesn't really seem to know why he's doing it. He's just curious. So he's just going to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. he's just going to cause chaos. And he does. He creates doomsday which is in no way a better option with the idea that, like, I can control Doomsday once this is created against these two, which he cannot. It which, almost seems like Superman saves him when he first comes out of, like, his, um... Cocoon? I feel like it'd be like a sack, almost like on a mammal. It gives rights. That's terrible. It sounds really bad, but it comes out of this... Because, like, anyway. Um, it, yeah, it looks like it's... It looks like it was in... In the Matrix, and they just brought it to the real world. Like, he was born or something. Yeah. But, yeah. But he looks like he's just going to try to hit one of them. Superman's just the one that stops it. So... It it didn't cross Lex Luthor's mind that maybe this giant thing with these two people who are fighting each other but are really on board for good, that maybe they're going to be like, hey, let's maybe put our stuff to the side for a second and go after this giant creature that is going to kill everybody if we don't do anything. Also, the idea is that they're fighting before this thing, I guess, is born. And so he's just hoping that one of them kills the other. But at the same time, he has no plan. He would have no way of knowing when this thing, when Doomsday is going to, I'm just going to say be born because I don't know what else to call it. No, it's fine. But he doesn't know when that's going to happen. And he doesn't seem to have a plan once that does happen. So, like, let's say Batman killed Superman or vice versa what happens once this thing is here? Like, he he never even says, like, oh, this is going to be the best henchman. And he talks a lot. Lex talks a lot in this movie. He just keeps repeating the same things. So, like, when he has to prompt Superman to go and fight him simply because he has taken his mother, which both excuses to try to get Superman to kill people in these movies, I do not like. Yes, there would be casualties from Man of Steel, but he's not intentionally trying to kill them. He kills Zod because Zod is going to kill, like, a couple of people. Mm -hmm. And that's the excuse to actually kill somebody. And in this one, it's like, well, I took your mother, so now you're going to have to compromise yourself. I took your mother from Kansas, flew her to Metropolis to hold her here, rather than just hold her at her house. Well... I don't actually know where she is, so... (laughs) But yeah, and then, like, that scene, he just goes back and forth and is trying to build it up, I guess, for the audience, saying different ways that you can say Batman and Superman, like... Superman and Batman. Yeah, like, it's just, he says, like, a bunch of different things there, and they're all the exact same thing, and I feel like it's supposed to be building up the tension when he does each comparison of, like, oh, these two titans are gonna finally fight, and it's like... You just keep repeating it. It's mm-hmm. not pumping me up. It's yes. just you're just talking so much. And there's I saw so it on the poster, man. There, I saw it yeah. on the poster. There's so much dialogue, but like important pieces of the plot are not being said. I would like to know why he's doing like <sighs> What was your take on the fight? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you think that it was obviously we already talked a little bit about that it wasn't set up properly and it was really weird and you didn't really feel like they were into it no well because superman yeah he superman didn't want to fight him superman just wanted to i feel like really get batman's help to go and save his mother that's what he wanted but knowing that that may be difficult to now turn around someone who you've told basically no you're not going to be a superhero anymore 
Because that's what he did. Yeah. Like Batman got his hands on the kryptonite, uses it to disarm Superman pretty much to make it an even fight. Which I I I enjoyed that. I mm-hmm. enjoyed he had like the little gun with the like kryptonite powder or whatever yeah. it is that kind of, you know, would like a kryptonite smoke bomb almost. Yeah, that would kind of like lessen it and like make him um have more of like an equal power mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I, I thought that that was interesting anyway. All right. Well, what did you think of Affleck? Because I think it's safe to say he was pretty, uh, a, a, not a well-received choice for this role as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I didn't think he did that bad of a job. I think his main purpose in this movie is just to be like, I'm sad. And I think he does that. He's a he's a decent actor. He's been at least doing it for years and years and years. I may be a little bit more pro Affleck than other people. I like Ben Affleck as an actor and a director. And I think I thought he was fine. I didn't think and and that's exactly what I kind of thought he would be. I'm like he is not going to knock my socks off. I don't think he's going to I'm not expecting him to bring so much more to this role that I haven't never seen before. It's just going to be kind of Ben Affleck in a Batman suit. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of wouldn't say that's his fault. Um, I had no problem with the choice of him being Batman. I thought that was a perfectly fine choice. Yeah, I didn't mind. Um, it was at least interesting. I was not expecting them to do that. No, and the thing is that people were really upset, but I, I don't know who you would pick where people wouldn't just bitch about it. I feel like in the day and age of the internet, and you know, people just complaining onto it about right. things. Damien Lewis. I think Damien Lewis. I was more referring to what we're doing right now. Oh. But um, in this stage where you can do that, mm-hmm. like it's just yeah, people are going to complain no matter what you do. Right. And so it, it was Ben Affleck. And that's fine. And... I like the idea. It's interesting to go with an older Batman who is more jaded, who, like, has, you know, been through this longer. And so he's going to be a little more worn down. I like the ideas of that. I don't like how they did it because I feel like they changed him. Like, I just feel like it seems so odd. So I don't feel like he's likable. Like, there can be the balance of the, you know billionaire bruce wayne and yeah the playboy Batman living it to, up and, yeah. yeah so i feel like you can uh, you can have that and you can balance it in a way that's like can be dark and it can be fun and everything and i don't feel like they did that i don't feel like they really created a full character and he doesn't seem like a superhero to me well no and in that, the end and that again comes back to the fact that none of this seem nobody seems like they're having any fun with anything in that we don't see enough of that fun-loving Bruce Wayne to balance out this really dark Batman, which has always been the story that even within somebody that you don't expect to be a, a, a crime-fighting vigilante, is like, yeah, we kind of all have a little bit of darkness maybe inside of us, even the billionaires who are seemingly so happy with all the money and the women and the penthouses in the world. Um, but you don't get that. He's like doing a little bit of detective work at some point when he's at the the library opening when he first meets mm-hmm. Lex and Clark Kent and stuff like that. But other than that, he just sort of spends a lot of the time. Well, he weightlifts a lot. There's and a, I, I a liked, couple scenes. I liked, I liked the yeah. workout scene. Um, I feel like they they almost made Batman the villain just to fight Superman. So he has he has this thing that he tells Alfred. 
Um, and it's, he has the power to wipe out the entire human race. And if we believe there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an absolute certainty and we have to destroy him. If you're not with us, you're against us. That's a really bold statement that it's like, if it's even possible that he could ever turn bad, we have to murder him like now. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of our heroes. This is one of the two. It, it, it doesn't, I mean, it's weird that they made a Superman movie Oh, but now it has Batman in it to boost, to make more money with it, I guess. I well, because, I, I, mean, I, I mean, they're they're rushing it. Normally, yeah. I feel like he would get two, and then you would put them together as, mm-hmm. like, a separate thing, the way that Marvel has their separate movies, and then they have their together movies. And this is kind of like a, a weird in-between step to yeah. kind of push it along. But I feel like... The Marvel characters seem like really well-rounded characters. So, like, in the Avengers, when they all get together, they're all very different. You see them all as different people. You're not going to confuse that. You know, I feel like they're all they're all very different things. So if you had to, like, quickly describe one of them, you're going to know exactly which one you're talking about. Whether it's Thor or Tony Stark or, you know, like, you're going to know who it is. And in these, it's like... It, it, it's just yeah they're all yeah I, everybody's I, just not... sad everybody's just a, everyone's just bummed out all the time and you know what for marvel for for all the things that i say about marvel you look at the dichotomy of the two franchises and the two studios i mean and it's night and day so to speak i mean this movie is incredibly dark just in tone and also literally I mean just there are no lights hardly at all the entire movie practically takes place at night which is really annoying because it's like are you just hiding your special effects are they just not that good so you're just going to put them in rain and in darkness all the I time there's just like 1500 of them or something like crazy that. but at least Marvel kind of knows how to lighten a mood and how to there's little bits and pieces where you sort of go oh, yeah, this is still kind of a fun movie. Like, this is still, I'm still enjoying, you're supposed to be enjoying this. This doesn't supposed to feel like work. These are superheroes fighting in a real-world setting where none of this is possible. And you're sort of like, yeah, we're going to wink at that a little bit. And in this movie, and in Man of Steel especially too, it's just so dour. It's all the so same. Dark. So there's yeah. no build of emotion. nothing. And I think part of it, too, is that Marvel's done it first. Like, Marvel did it first with the Avengers, so DC has to then scramble and be reactionary, as we were talking about, instead of being actionary, taking action. They have to be reaction, so they have to go, oh, my God, we have to get all of the Justice League together. Which I feel like you could still rush it and have it work. work. It's just that the tone, they're not really building anything, I feel like, in this film. Because it is just kind of this, like, things aren't good mm-hmm. emotion throughout yeah. the whole thing. And I feel like there aren't moments where it's like, oh my, like, things have built so much that something is going to happen. It's just, like, it's all the same. Like, all right, Lois might die, but mm-hmm. you know she's not going to die. And, like, you know that they're not going to, you know, there, yeah. there's no stakes in it. And the or mood doesn't they? change. So I feel like the music in it is supposed to be telling me, like, things are happening. And it's like, all right, I mean, there's action on the screen. But I'm not invested as an audience. Like, everything is the same color. Like, I'm just not invested. And the music is really intense. And I feel like they're using the music to try to tell me that things are faster and more intense and more emotional than they are. 
when I'm not seeing it on screen, no. like it seems it seems almost odd because the music is going faster than the images. Well, it's and I think a lot of that falls on Zack Snyder, and I don't really know why they chose to make their bed with Zack Snyder. Like, why DC tabbed him as sort of like, this is our guy. Like, we're going to stand behind him 100%. A guy whose record is spotty at best, and especially his more recent record is a little bit more spotty as best. I think his films have gone down in quality, sort of, not dramatically, but steadily, I think, as his career has gone on. Certainly, he hasn't had the box office that you would think he would have. And so why do you choose him to helm not only your big Superman movie, but now your big Superman and Batman? And also, he's going to direct Justice League, too. Well. And Justice League 1, for that matter, probably. So, Yeah. I mean, at the time, I feel like that's not really... You don't go in with the idea that he's going to direct them all. He's just going to direct Man of Steel, I feel like. But I feel like he got the job because of 300 and Watchmen. And he makes a pretty film. And yeah, but 300 came out like 10 years ago. It's, it, it, I mean, it would have come out like eight or nine years ago. It just seems strange. Like, I, I agree they with They take you. chances on yeah. it. I mean, that's what's happening right yeah. now is they're picking, they're taking chances on directors for a lot of these big movies. That's what they're doing. And he can make a really nice looking film. And, you know, I feel like you think like, hey, they were able to do this. They're not writing the scripts. They're, I mean, they're directing the movie, but mm-hmm. they're not writing the scripts. So they're, you know, filming the story that you kind of tell them to film in a way I mean even though they're they're in charge so I feel like it would seem like something that's within a control so I feel like having you know seen his other films that are all really great looking I think this is the worst looking of all of his movies I would agree with that yeah because even even, even Sucker Punch which I mean Sucker Punch for all of its flaws looks beautiful and it, it definitely has some some beautiful looks to it, but yeah, this movie because it, they don't give it a chance to look as good, as good as it could because it is incredibly dark. It's almost like they filmed the movie and then they color corrected it with all these like a sheen of gray on it, which is exactly what the problem was with Man of Steel. That finally we were getting to see Superman flying around in the blue sky and everything, and it all just looks very tinny and gray it looks very odd it does well i feel like that's because they're trying to make them dark but i feel like at least man of steel still looked Mm -hmm. nice like i feel like it looked good and i feel like this one seems like it has the least Zack snyder in it it and i feel like it almost seems like someone who was trying to make a michael bay movie like just trying to rip off a michael bay movie of like car chases and things like that and it just did not work and because I was just so bored bored. most of the time I was actually almost wishing this was a Michael Bay movie which (sighs) is yeah a terrible thing scandal but he can create a nice action sequence and if I have to wait two hours into a two and a half hour movie to get an impressive action sequence that's a problem Mm mm-hmm and I feel like he can at least do that. I mean, granted, again, Michael Bay would make a movie this long and it would be the same action sequence for two and a half hours. But at least I'm going to get something. And this, it's just not. And I, they're, they're trying in like the dream sequence that he's having. Which one? There were like four. Well, <laughs> the one where he goes to get the kryptonite. Oh, when yeah. it's like decrypting yeah. and stuff like that. And it goes in. Yeah, we have like post-apocalyptic Batman. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's that one. He was talking about how it's mostly like one shot. It's basically there's like a stitch and it's supposed to be like one shot of like coming out of like the truck and like going around and stuff like that. And like that's great that that you're trying that and that, you know, it seems like all right, maybe it's like two shots that are put together to look like one, which I didn't even notice because I was so focused on the fact that it just looks like you have Ben Affleck in this suit, no stunt double, doing the action. Like the fighting. It's like he, he's the, like he's like beating up like 19 guys. Yes, but you know? it seems really slow and like he can't really move in the suit. It's not impressive. And it's like pulled back far. So I feel like they were trying to do something else that's impressive. But all I can watch is the action and just be unimpressed by it. Yeah. Which is that's the hallmark of your movie that's what's going to make you your money that's your money maker right there and it just it just looks like an action figure whose top half just rotates 180 degrees and then the bottom half just stays totally sedentary it, it's just it's just not a good look because it really looks like he's struggling like if it if it is Ben Affleck or if it is a stunt double or something i don't know whether it fits the suit or if it's just because it looked like it was really warm that day, but it just know. everybody. It looks like it just it doesn't move and flow as well as you would hope that a fight scene with that many people would. No, and I wonder if they even just tried to speed it up a little bit if it would have looked better. Because I feel like it looked slow, so I don't know. But yeah. I just well, yeah, I feel like it looked more like a like I was watching it on television. So I do feel like they're cutting back and forth between scenes, and they're not. They're not getting very far each time they cut back, almost like a soap opera. It's like, we're going to make a little bit of progress over here and then a little bit of progress over here, and we're not going to have moved much farther, and we're just going to kind of do that. But also, I feel like the first half of this movie was building towards something, and then they completely abandon it for the second half of the movie. So with the first half of the movie, Bruce Wayne is really upset that he's destroying the city. And while it seems like most of the world is behind... Superman, the senators and stuff like that, they want him to kind of answer for his crimes or at least come to talk about them. And so they're going to like get together and um, Scoot McNary is a person who was hurt in this destruction of this city. And so he's going to come and he's going to kind of, you know, basically tell Superman what he did. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of like the yeah, idea. Yeah, sort of put a face to any victims that may be there like he's in a wheelchair he lost his legs like this is the face of the people that you're injuring when you fly around and say that you're saving us yes and i i don't really know if that had gone a different way the way it was supposed to go or the you're supposed to be led where would it have gone after that i have no idea like okay you're gonna tell superman he did all this it's like he doesn't have a ton of money he can't fix the city he can only apologize and say that he's trying to do good like there's not really much that you can do. You can't just hold him prisoner. Like, you're not going to be able to do that. I don't know what the outcome would have been. I get the I get the idea of it. But so the first half, I feel like, is all of these politics and, like, coming together and trying to figure out what to do. And then, of course, like, it's not – it's really just a plot to lure him in to blow up this whole building. It's just, like, an act of terrorism. And that I could say – I can understand that because those things could – like, if, if Superman were real, these are things that could happen. People aren't sure what to do about it. People are going to get hurt. People are going to get upset. You know, obviously there are terrorists doing things like this right now in the world. So, like, this is a current issue. But once that happens, all of that gets completely 
abandoned. Like, Superman leaves, which is fine. This has happened. He's going to leave, which is probably what would happen. And then people suddenly turn on Superman. And I, I have no idea why. Because if he's flying around the world to save people who are hurt or need to be saved and stuff like that he obviously did not cause the explosion he wouldn't decide like oh I'm gonna work really hard to save all these people and then I'm just gonna blow everybody up and people are there that are very upset with him those are probably the people that blew up the building the people that are really upset yeah there's a whole subset of people that are like separated actually no they're not even separated they're all congregated together where like there's somebody that has like a and like a like a no smoking sign through a, a Superman logo on his face and he's going no no and there's literally somebody right next to him going yeah yeah like they're yeah. all together they're it's all like, these, like yeah and there's this there's there. this incredibly ham-fisted sequence where we keep cutting to different news segments with different politicians and Neil deGrasse Tyson um, talking about oh but is he a god is he somebody who is here to save us and is it you know, and they're, they're they're bringing up all these philosophical questions about Superman and the idea of Superman and how is he this and how is he that and everything like that. And I feel like those are all conversations that we could have after the movie. That's that's a perfect example of something like a five minute sequence you could just cut out and you make the movie shorter because those questions would come up within his actions in the film, and you can argue that with your friends, and you don't have to be told like, hey. Here is every side of the issue here. Oh, when when America finds somebody strong to follow, it's never been a good idea and yada, yada, yada. I feel like that's where they're trying to make it realistic by including that kind of stuff. Like the conversations people would have or Anderson Cooper or Nancy Grace or something like that. I feel like that's what they're trying to do. But so that happens and the building blows up and people die and there's no consequences to it. Like people turn on Superman but the plot just changes. It doesn't matter anymore. Holly Hunter, the senator, is now dead. It's now just about pushing them to fight each other. We completely abandoned that plot. Yeah, that's true. It's no longer about that at all. It never comes back to that. I think that would because, be major news for yes, uh, three weeks. It would like, be. like It's like, okay, so we want you to be responsible for these actions. Something even bigger happened now. There's even bigger repercussions. And it doesn't matter because... That is when Batman has taken the kryptonite and it sets this other half of this movie off where Lex Luthor is now going to try to get them to fight one another. So that just doesn't matter. And I think it's also odd because Lex Luthor has this assistant um, whose name I don't know, but she is the actress from Hannibal. And she's in there and Scoop McNary is like looking at her and I feel like they both know that the building is going to explode and I find it really odd that she's his assistant for this long in the movie, and then she just blows up in this building. Yeah, and it, there's no sense that Lex Luthor has been this sort of... The word that I hesitate to use is psychotic, but, I mean, he seems to just be a nice dude who doesn't seem like he's really capable of mass murder and also murder of person who he's been closest with the whole movie really yeah <laughs> which well, i guess could seems, be a sign that he like yeah seems weird and like i guess like a rich kid like he wants what he wants and if he can't get it he's gonna find another way to get it but i do find it weird that he just lets his assistant die that Tao, seems Tao Akimoto. yeah That's I, find, her name. I find that weird um so that was like an odd thing that i 
never gets addressed. He never mentions that she died. But you know, we're in a different movie now, so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah. So something else I I also didn't understand, which comes like right before that. Um, so Scoot's character is not supposed to be getting. I know. <laughs> He's not supposed. He's supposed to be sending back these checks to Bruce Wayne. At the time, right before it blows up, we're trying to build the tension of that he is, you know, not accepting Bruce Wayne's not hush money, but like, hey, sorry that you lost your legs. We're gonna, you know, pay for you to live because you're not like working severance anymore. Paychecks. Yeah, yeah, it's basically what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And he's like written all these like things, messages that, on them. Yeah, like, like the Joker that, or something. That like, he's really up- upset and stuff. But what I don't understand is, okay, I get why he would be upset at Superman. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's really upset at Bruce Wayne. For he's not- clearly upset at, at Superman because he goes and defaces. He's the one that defaces the the, the well, big yes, statue. He also blows yeah. up the building. Yes. But it is odd that, that yes, he but seems to have animosity. He's towards- sending back the checks towards his old boss, who was the one who saved him. Yeah, <laughs> and is like so pissed and is like sending back the checks, and I have no idea why the anger is directed. That way, but and, then you, but then you find out later that it was Lex Luthor who was sending those checks back. When do you find that out? You guys mentioned that. I have no idea. Yeah, it was later on. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it was later on in the movie. They said, "Well, we sent back the checks with the writing on it." There was a whole. There was like a little line of dialogue in there. Oh, and and they talked about that, and which again still doesn't make sense. It still doesn't add any clarity to it. Why Lex Luthor would think that this guy would have animosity towards Batman or towards Bruce Wayne which by the way for some reason Lex Luthor just knows that all the secret identities of all of our heroes we've got to be we're, we're missing a scene we're, we're missing something where he finds out who they are and that must be why he's sending the check it's all just like a big thing mm-hmm. it seems odd that you would think to tip off Bruce Wayne if you know that he's Batman by sending back the checks because he knows something is odd. If you never sent those checks, he would just wonder why yeah. he's on screen. But it's like, you've sent back all those checks, so he knows that something is wrong. So you're tipping him off. But we are missing important scenes. <laughs> we get the would, check scenes. Where and... he would find out the identity of these people. And obviously, I feel like scenes that continue Lex's motivations mm-hmm. of where the plot is going to go. Because we are taking these huge leaps. Like, there's obviously stuff cut out that was really important gosh and um, this is the movie that was ma- ah it doesn't make any sense what is um quickly before i forget what is superman's mom's name i think it's martha okay what is batman's mom's name oh fuck yeah it's martha <laughs> and if you think that this is a <laughs> if you think this is a worthless uh... tangent to go on <laughs> how about the entire Genesis of them getting together is just based on the fact that their moms have the same name. Like, I never went to somebody and been like, "What's your mom's name?" Carol. My name's mom. My name's mom. Carol. Mom too. I think we're friends now. Let's do this, Bob. Bobby. It. Bobby it feels like that is a weird, like just like a random fact that somebody like put together. Like, hey, both their names are Martha. And they decided to create an entire plot line around that. And I feel like they thought. This is awesome. We're going to have this moment and we're going to reveal this and it's going to be great and we've been setting this up because for Batman so long. Batman is literally about to kill Superman. Like he has his giant mecha Batman foot on Superman's neck. He's cut him with the kryptonite blade. 
Yeah, he's gonna. He's, he's bleeding, which he mentions that earlier in the movie. You know, you're gonna bleed, whatever. He's his foot is on his neck, and Superman, gasping for air, goes, "We have to save Martha." And Batman is very confused. Martha could be anybody. Martha could be his cat. Like we just really don't. Do, do we ever learn that Martha's the mom? I forget. I don't even remember. Yes, because it flashes back to the beginning. That's why the beginning. No, no, is no. But I mean, did Batman ever find out that that's the re- that like the, both of their moms are named Martha? Yeah, because that's because he asked like, why did you say that name? And Lois says, Oh, okay. She says right there, that's his right, mom's okay, name. Yeah, that's yeah, what makes it, him it, stop. It. So I feel like. They would have been so excited to make this because they're going to have this great reveal. And then it's like the thinnest plot line that it's like, you said my mom's name. So, all right, we're friends. Mm -hmm. We're good now. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go save one person? All right, let's Let's stop. We got to go save one person. I've killed for less. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. Do you have any parting shots before we uh, wrap it up? Any sort of rapid fire things that make you upset? Things or, that other or, things? Or, or, or maybe things you want to praise. Do you have things you want to praise that the, there the were last things couple that minutes? I, there were things that I liked about it. Um, I like the music. Which I like the music from the last one too. I didn't, I mean, I don't, I, I understand what you're saying of the point and that it kind of works weirdly with some of the scenes but on its own, I think it's nice. I like it. It is and they did create separate music for each of the characters. Yeah. Which seems like something they're gonna continue. Okay. Which is a, a great idea. I mean yes, Fine. they should all have their yeah. own their own music. Um I liked that we got to see the future Justice League characters. Like it was fun to see them. And like thinking back, I'm like, was it so great that that was in there or was it just that that was entertaining compared to everything else that we saw that that was just fun to see. But Either way, I enjoyed that. Not much really else to really, for me at least. I mean, we kind of we kind of like a lot of the same stuff. Oh, the voice modulator. We liked oh, the yeah. way that they changed his voice. That was an interesting way to to do it, that they didn't Batman's have Batman's voice. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. What did I say, Superman? No, you just said, oh, just said his, his voice? voice. Sorry, yes, Batman's voice. That They, they did that, which is a, a different choice. I feel like they did try to make other choices in this film. It just kind of didn't get pulled off in the yeah. episode. But I... I I liked that. So, okay. Doomsday kills Superman. So Superman is dead. This is probably going to seem weird. But I feel like Lois and Martha should have been more upset. (laughs) That their son and their boyfriend died. Mm -hmm. Like, she's sad. But I feel like if the love of her life died, and this, you know, man who's trying to do so much good... I feel like so much hope would be lost and like a part of her would be so much like missing now, like gone. I feel like it would be like where you're crying out, like you're a mess. You're Mm -hmm. so upset. And she's sad. It's sad. All right. That's just, you know, what it is. But she's keeping it together maybe more than you would think. I just. Especially for her now being engaged. There's just, well, okay, that's a whole (laughs) thing. She didn't know she was engaged. And, Okay. All right, let's get into that because no, I wrote we that need down. To wrap it up. No, I'm talking about this. Ugh. This was the very first thing I wrote down on this list, <laughs> okay. which is terrible. Right, wrote right, right behind. I don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote wedding ring on here because Martha, Superman's mother, gives Lois this envelope that, like, oh, he wanted to surprise you, and it's just a bubble mailer. 
And you called that it was going to be a wedding ring, and I did not believe that. Half kidding, half sort of, this is sort of where this movie is going, so yes. Because who... Who mails a wedding ring to themselves in the place where you don't live with the person that you're going to, to marry? Your, to your mother's house. Yeah, it'd also, be like if I mailed my wedding ring to your parents' house. Also, let's just say a wedding ring... The most expensive piece of jewelry you're probably ever going to buy. Really important piece of jewelry. Mailed in a pouch, not a box, like every wedding ring you see ever. And then that pouch is just in a random yellow bubble mailer. Let's take a step back. I feel like a wedding ring for a normal person is something you go and purchase on your own. You don't send away for in the mail. Superman, who can fly... Anywhere in the world. He wants to go buy the ring in Italy. You know what? He can fucking fly there and get it and bring it back. Is like, I'm going to send away for this by mail. I'm going to send away for the most important thing by mail <laughs> and have it mailed to me in something that's almost not protective inside of something that's barely protective. Yeah. It makes no sense. That is so ridiculous. I feel like that is insane. Like, just not thinking. You just put this together without thinking of any sort of, like, practical world reasons Mm -hmm. for it that's insane to me that somebody that can fly anywhere would have something so important mailed in something that could just be cut open yeah by anybody well it probably said like fragile or do not open on the outside i also did not like the ending and how they brought how they would cut back and forth from the funeral which it was like which funeral there's four of them again yeah, well, <laughs> so okay. many, so his many actual funeral I thought it was weird because there were like 20 people there like it's Superman and there's like 20 people at his funeral but then at the memorial they have like all of these well, people wasn't, could the idea be that the one in in Iowa is Clark Kent's funeral and the one yeah. in Metropolis is Kansas. Superman's funeral could that be why there's maybe only a few people at that one and then a lot of people at the other Oh, I guess. Because he does open the paper. Perry, oh, sorry, you're right, in Kansas. He does open the paper and it says, like, lost one of our own, Clark Kent, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole story on there about it. Okay. That's probably what that was. All right. Okay. That makes me actually feel a lot better. I still don't like the editing of it because it takes forever when you know that Superman is not going to die and you just see so much of this and it's so long and Lois, like, picks up the handful of dirt that she's going to throw on the coffin and... Then um, Bruce Wayne has this whole talk with Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, about basically getting the Justice League together, which is a a big change for him considering before, with the 1% chance, if he found all these people, he'd have to murder them all. He'd have to murder the entire Justice League from his feelings about an hour and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, well, we all got to get together. It's just a feeling that he has. And we're cutting back and forth, and we've got the memorial. And then, like, ten minutes later, she's, like, throwing the handful of dirt onto the coffin, which was the first one, by the way. She's the only person that threw dirt she's on the coffin. She's a good shot, too. It looked really good, the way that it was all spread out. But then the very last shot of the movie is the Inception-esque uh, dirt that had been thrown on the coffin. There's maybe four little, five little granules that kind of come up rise up briefly as in like oh the power is coming and then it cuts credits fade to black movie over bitch fest begin no stinger 
Yeah, that was annoying. People were really upset. They, were, they booed. They were, yeah, they were behind everything that happened, it seemed like, except that there was no stinger, and then they booed. <laughs> yeah. The people in our theater, like, applauded when each of the characters got punched. Like, yeah, they were. There was like, there was like they, they would fly across the room and land, and then they'd be like, yeah, all right. And then the other character would do the exact same thing. And then they were, yeah, cool. Like, I couldn't tell if it was, like, a pro-Superman crowd, a pro-Batman crowd, if they were just, I just want to see these two guys beat the crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah, they, and... they were just excited for it, but they were upset about the stinger. So if there is something yeah. that they would need to learn from yeah. Marvel, put a stinger at the end of the movie. Not even at the end. At the end of, like, the first part of the credits. They don't even have that, but I don't know. So, Casey, would you recommend people see this movie? No. I don't. I don't think so either. In fact, I don't even know if you need to... You could probably skip Man of Steel, too, if you haven't seen Man of Steel. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched Batman vs. Superman and you would just let us spoil the whole movie, I don't think you really need to see it, unless we've just really intrigued you. Do you go, how bad could it actually be? Do you have anything, uh, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> <laughs> you can find her on Facebook. No. No, don't find her on Facebook. But you can get in touch with the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash McCarran Podcast Network. That's M-C-E-A-C-H-E-R-N. And uh, we're actually on Twitter now. I don't know if you heard our last show with that baseball show. I just, they inspired me so much, I had to get a Twitter. So we are on Twitter at M-C-E-Pod-Net. That's M-C-E-Pod-Net. Get in touch with us there. And uh, you'll see all the new show postings and everything like that. You can also email us, mccarranpod at gmail.com. It's open and available if you enjoyed the show and want us to do more. Uh, we want to see some feedback. We want to see some uh, some interaction with everybody. So um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I guess maybe go out and see this movie if you haven't already, but probably not really do that. So, um, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>